Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a really cool guest on today. His name is Robert and I'm in my office in Toronto. Robert is in Spain. Robert reached out to us and said, hey man, can I get on your podcast? And we said, fuck yeah, let's do this. So Robert, why don't you... uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Toronto is an awesome city. Uh, I've got family over there. Tell you a little bit about me. I uh, I got into I got started working with the day spa world and massage when I was in sales. I actually learned about the industry because I was a salesperson for a daily deal company, which is how I learned about it. Lo and behold, the economy of the daily deal business collapsed. I lost my job, and I decided. I could take a stab at running a business. And in 2014, my wife and I uh, decided to purchase a failing day spa. It was doing about $5,000 a month in revenue. Uh, Three and a half years later, we turned that place around. It went from $5,000 a month up to $75,000 a month from one, one employee to over 15 therapists that were providing services in our location. And it's been a fun journey. And then in 2017, we ended up selling the business Today, I help massage therapists, day spa owners, and skincare businesses by handling their phone calls so that they don't have to worry about hiring a front desk when it's too costly for them. Right on, right on. Let's let's go back if you can. What were you doing uh, before you got into this business? You were in sales. Give us the background on that. So yeah, my father uh, decided that at 17 years old, I could be a salesperson for his uh, swimming pool construction company. He threw me out on a couple sales calls ended up being really good at sales and kind of grew a career into that. I went on from selling to consumers, selling custom swimming pools into working in the daily deal industry itself. Right when it came out and about right when the Groupon was just the hottest thing on the market, I went to work for a startup called KGB deals. Mm -hmm. And then from there uh, I grew through the ranks, became a sales leader, a sales trainer and a sales manager. And that's kind of my background in sales. Tell tell us a little bit about how you uh, acquired this failing day spot and what in the hell did you do to turn that mother around? When we got laid off, so my wife and I both got laid off about 72 hours apart. I was a sales manager. It was a Thursday. I got a phone call said, hey, Robert, thanks for your time, but you're done. Um, I thought I could, you know, coast on that, you know, on, on a nice little severance package. Yeah. Uh, Monday comes around. My wife goes into her assisted living facility and they go, hey, by the way, uh, we went ahead and replaced your position. So we went from 72 hours from having a career, middle, the perfect middle life to mm-hmm. nothing. No income, house to pay, two cars to pay off. It was scary as all hell. And uh, we decided that we're never going to work for anybody else. The first year we ran a house cleaning business, but that wasn't too satisfying for us. My wife ultimately decided she wanted to be an esthetician. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, cool. I know how to do daily deals. I know how to do a little bit of marketing. Um, I was learning constantly about advertising, SEO, SEM. And I said, well, why don't we look at taking, you know, look at doing one, making a business. And at the same time, there came this business on the market for sale, Mosaic Skin and Body. And I looked at it and the numbers just made sense. So we took the last of our savings. Um, it was scary because it was the last of our savings. But yeah. the bi- even though the business was failing, it wasn't really failing. Um, the guy was losing $7,000 a month because he was paying for a manager, because he was paying for a front desk person. Um, he was paying $1,500 a month on advertising that wasn't doing anything. And that's six grand right there in just those three items. Yeah. So when I looked at the books, I saw that if I just cut all that fat off, 
I can break even right away. Right. So now I look at what is left over. Okay, I have a business that's been in business for 11 years, uh, 5,000 person clientele list, premium, premium location, $15,000 worth of products and equipment and things I need to build out, mm-hmm. reputation that wasn't ruined. And so I looked at it as a, you know, it was a, basically an assets purchase. I was basically buying something that I had a lot of value, but nobody was seizing it. What was the, what was the first moves after you decided to cut down the fat on that? So very first thing I did was send out an email blast. Um, the very first day I owned the business, I sent out an email blast saying, you know, we've got this grand reopening special, uh, $49 for a facial. We were, it was a skincare studio. Very, it was first a skincare studio. Uh, the very next thing I did was hop on the phones. So I printed off the list of the top 200 clients and I looked at their last visit and I called them one by one and I said, Hey, I'm one of the brand new owners over here. I've noticed you haven't been in, in six months, nine Mm -hmm. months, 12 months. Uh, I want to bring back the business that you enjoyed shopping at for so many years. What can I do for you? And a lot of the stories they came to me, you know, uh, bad availability, appointment availability, uh, lack of products. Um, they just forgot about us, you know? And so I went out and reached out to every single one of these people on the top 200 list and got them back in the door. Nice, nice, nice. So give us the path from there. How does it start to, how does it, how does it grow? What is the, and what does the growth look like? So we took over in March, 2014. Uh, in May of 2014, we added massage therapy on because it was just a skincare studio that took us about three months to get licensed to kick that off. We did a daily deal with a group on because I'm still a firm believer. Um, there's a great guide I've written on everything I've done with uh, Groupon. It's boostmyspa.com slash Groupon. Um, if you want to check it out. And so we ran a Groupon. We sold probably 600 to 1,000 Groupons over the next year. Uh, then we started adding in AdWords. I started working my butt off to get a great Yelp listing. We ended up finishing, when I sold the business, we had 180 five-star reviews. Nice. Uh, we made sure that we went after the tourist market because I was in Scottsdale, Arizona. So a lot of the Canadians come down to us and visit us <laughs> in the winter. Um, so we went hard after the uh, tourist market. And we, when I, I stumbled on it by accident, I ended up creating a two-hour package of a massage and a facial. Mm-hmm. And I priced it at a, a killer price to get started. And the thing went off like wildfire. And from there, we just grew. Um, our lease was expiring in end of two, May of 2015. So we had to look for a new location. We ended up finding a smoking deal on a 3,600 square foot location that uh, the rent wasn't going to be that much different uh, because this one was severely underpriced and ours was going to be severely overpriced. Right. So we took, the, we took the leap of faith. We went from two rooms into a 3,600 square foot place, even though two thirds of it wasn't even used for the first year. And as we grew, we just grew into that business, into that location and kept adding therapists and kept adding therapists until we were doing 600 appointments a month. Right on, man. At at any point when you were first starting, were you like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like I just threw my last bit of savings into this, even after I trim off all the fat where the previous owner was dropping crazy money to expenses that didn't seem to pay off. Were you ever like, shit, I think we just made a mistake here. Oh, oh yeah. So summers in Phoenix are absolutely brutal. Uh, I wasn't prepared for the three months of hell. Basically, nobody comes in. Everybody's gone. Nobody wants to move. It's 120 degrees outside. Everybody hates life. You don't want to go sit in a massage room. 
uh, while it's 120 degrees out. And so what ended up happening was actually, to be completely honest, there was about a three, like a month period where I was starting to get a little bit depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I didn't know what to do. I was running out of ideas. Everything that I thought could work wasn't working. And I never thought that it was going to be the season. And so come about October and November, um, I kind of just sat there and was just like, you know, what, what can I do? I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just going to give up. I'm not going back to a sales job. I'm not going back to working for somebody. I don't want somebody to control my future. Right. And we just started going at it again. You know, we started getting engaged again. Uh, I started going around lo- to locations, working, going to hotels that don't have uh, a spa. And I said, hey, can I drop off some flyers? Can I work with you? Um, I went to, you know, I went networking. I, I, at that point, I, it was a do or die situation. And I took the do path and I made sure I would do everything I can to start getting it. And then the season comes in. So December through March comes in and things that are popping, um, you feel like you're on cloud nine. And so that's kind of where, where that went from there. Tell me about your, your Groupon guide that you, you got going on that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So I'm probably one of the few people in this world that has been on both sides of the equation. So I actually used to sell uh, Groupon, KGB deals, but Groupon-like. Um, and I have been on the business side of things where I've run my own things. And so I have covered every single tip, trick, everything that I can think of, how they try and get you to commit to more things than you should, how they make you create packages that don't make you think about what customer you're drawing in. So for example, uh, multiple room practices. Oftentimes we run couples as a package. The mm-hmm. problem with couples is, is they're not a retainable customer for the most part. Percentage wise, they're not the strongest customer to retain. They're coming for a special occasion. They're coming for Valentine's day. Um, they might come back in a year, which is perfectly fine. But when you're talking about your bread and butter of your business ongoing, uh, income, they're not that category, but Groupon loves these because they're high ticket. So they'll put it out $139, $149. They absolutely love pumping these because people love buying them and they make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't actually make things off of it. It's the same thing. They want you to sell uh, packs of three, which is because they'll tell you, they'll literally will tell you that packs of three will create retention because people will come three times. And they're mm-hmm. right. If you get somebody to come three times to your massage, the likelihood of them coming back is through the roof, but you don't need Groupon to sell that three pack. You can easily sell that one time massage and then sell a three pack right at checkout at a discounted rate. Even if 20% off or 15% off, you know what? Hey Mark, today I noticed you were on a Groupon. Uh, I've got a limited one time special for you. If you love what you had today, we can go ahead and do a three pack of massages. It's 25% off. It's a special one time Groupon offer. Did you want me to go ahead and put that in for you? So you're helping therapists figure out how to work Groupon from both ends of the scale, right? I mean, Groupon is one of those things that I think it's, it's valuable when you're growing in your business. Um, when you don't have enough people in, in, in your practice, right? You're, 30 per, you're less than 30% utilization. You don't have a marketing budget. Um, ultimately, you're trading your time to, to expose your business. There comes a point where you should turn off Groupon. Anybody that's been on Groupon for too many years, um, they've probably passed the point and they're actually doing harm. But when you have an empty table and you have nothing to do and you have no marketing budget, you, you might as well do a Groupon so you have exposure in your business. Um, you've got to go have a good retention strategy in place to make sure that they turn into customers. 
But while you while you're growing, that's a great path. There will come a point though. You need to realize you cross that forty percent utilization rate of in your business. You mm-hmm. got to start thinking about cutting off your Groupon. So you don't have the place anymore in Arizona. You're in Spain. Give it. Give us. Give us the trip. How you go from having the spa, killing the numbers, and now you're across a big pond. Yeah, I was on vacation in Spain. Um, I was out here in June of 2017, and um, my wife just felt homesick. Um, she's from Poland. She moved to the U.S. 15 years ago. And she was feeling extremely homesick and happy wife, happy life, right? So she's, we looked at, you know, we also have an advertising company that we run. We were looking at the numbers. It was feasible for us to do it from the advertising company to live in Europe. And we decided that we can't run a day spa, a 10 room day spa remotely. Um, mm-hmm. our, our business wasn't at that stage and the vision she wanted wasn't uh, necessarily aligned. So we ended up putting the business for sale so we could uh, move to Europe. So tell us now what you're doing because you do a lot of work helping out massage therapists. Yeah. So right now we are, we've just launched Boost My Spa. Um, Boost My Spa primarily is an answering service for massage, for skincare studios. Uh, My firm belief is that there is still thousands of dollars of opportunity to be seized on the phones. Mm -hmm. Online booking isn't the end-all, be-all solution for everybody. There's a lot of people who still have questions, who want to find last-minute appointments. And when you're in service, you can't answer your phone. But having an answering service to take that phone call, somebody that knows the industry, somebody that knows how to book properly, somebody that knows how to follow a script, um, be efficient on the phone. We're providing an alternative to hiring a receptionist, an alternative Mm -hmm. to going through that training process, figuring out the scripts, figuring out everything. We're going to be your on-demand solution. So whenever you don't want to answer phone calls, simply forward them to our team and we'll take them on. We'll take your calls on demand. Right on. How long have you been doing this for? So this, we, we just launched this three weeks ago. Uh, we, I've been, we're working now with six different providers across the U.S., helping them capture more appointments. Nice. And in, even in that short span of time, have you been getting super positive feedback from the people oh, you're absolutely. already working with? So one of the biggest things that I can help with is if you have openings in your gap and you're in service for the day. And you'll, you'll get phone calls a lot of times with customers calling. So if you're working hard to grow your marketing, you're working hard to get people to find your business, the problem is, is they'll call you and they'll want, your new clients usually will want same or next day service because they're in pain right now. They really right. want a massage. If you're in service, you can't take that phone call. And a new customer, unless it's a referral, um, more often than times isn't going to wait. They're going to go call the next business and yep. you've lost that opportunity. So if you've ever heard the words, oh, I'm sorry, I went with somebody else. That was an opportunity that was yours to seize. So one right. of the biggest things we're providing is an opportunity for therapists to capture these appointments. And so far, uh, when I look at the numbers we're bringing in, usually our service is about one-tenth of the revenue that we're actually booking. Uh, when you look at how much it costs to how much revenue is being booked. Ultimately, it depends on the business, but that's roughly where we're falling in. How do therapists find you if they're interested in this type of service? So you can go to boostmyspa.com. There's a free seven-day trial. So if you think you're missing any phone calls that could be valuable business, I'm willing to prove it for you. I'm willing to give you a seven-day free trial no credit card required. Just simply click the button, set up a time for, to talk with me. I'll onboard you. 
free seven-day trial, and then we can see how much of an impact it'll bring to your business. Right on, man. And I see that you, you've you been posting a lot of stuff in Facebook groups. Give us an idea of some of the stuff that you've been posting and how that's helpful to uh, massage therapists. So most of the stuff that I post about is the business side of things. Uh, yeah. You've you've heard by now I'm not a massage therapist. Uh, I don't, I'm not licensed. I uh, I know how to run the business side of things. And a lot of times when you are a massage therapist and you want to go out on your own, I always saw there was a huge lack of resources. So over the years, I've learned things that I, I want to pass on, things that help people out, you know, how to optimize your website, how to optimize your Yelp listing, how to figure out how to make better scripts, better retention, better checkout, uh, understanding when to discount and how to discount, when to, you know, if you go to the Massage Entrepreneur Group, you can check out, I post guides on how to run high ticket offers for holidays. You know, mm-hmm. we have Mother's Day coming up on in, in 32 days from the time of this recording. You know, Mother's Day is a great holiday where you can create a package that isn't discounted. You can create a package. You can l- put in a robe, an eye pillow, uh, throw in aromatherapy and the lavender scented lotion, make this really nice package and charge a premium for it. And mm-hmm. people will still love it and still buy it because it's, a, it's an exclusive thing for an exclusive holiday. So you're matching packages to holidays, and now you've found ways to generate more revenue on the big, busiest days of the year. I so dig it, man. I love the stuff that you guys post in this group. And again, the group is called Massage Entrepreneurs. And we are wrapping a little bit off, Mike, about uh, another gentleman that we had on the podcast previously. His name is Sean Kitzman, and he posts a lot of stuff too. He's way into uh, the business side of it as well. Give us an idea of some of the stuff that you've been doing that's very similar to what uh, what Sean's been up to because I, I really like what both of you guys have been doing. It honestly started by a fluke of chance. So Sean posted that he was doing a 60-day challenge to himself. And it was the same day I posted um, one, of my, one of my favorite pieces that I wrote is, what's your 30-day prime age rib on your menu? So mm-hmm. if you ever go to a restaurant and you look at a menu, there's always that one item that's a price anchor. And a price anchor is there to elevate the whole entire menu. It's not really there to be bought. People do buy it. But when you go to a steakhouse, there's a prime age, 30, 30 days age prime rib, and it's $100 or something crazy like that. Nobody really buys it. Maybe 5% of people do. But mm-hmm. as soon as you see the $100, um, every other price on that menu is compared to that. And you right. base your, your decisions off of that. So that $37 chicken breast is like, oh, that's not that bad of a deal, even though normally you would never pay $37 for a chicken breast. Exactly. And so I posted this thing and massage entrepreneurs in the same day or the very next day, I saw Kitzman uh, mention that he's doing a 60-day challenge of he just wants to post one thing to the group every single day. And I like challenges. I, I've never been the guy to shy away from challenges. So I was like, I'll take you up on that challenge. Never even told him. I don't think I told him for like three weeks. And uh, I just, I was like, I, I like your challenge and I'm going to keep doing it just because I think that's a cool idea. And so uh, I'm at now, I think a day 101 straight con- drop, you know, things I post to that group every single day. Nice, nice. So give us, uh, give us some of the things that you feel were say like the, the three to five best things that you ever threw in that group i know i'm asking you know all your content's awesome you know, <laughs> now now i'm like hey man pick pick five that you think really hit it home you know i think that one of the biggest things is is you have to learn how to be confident in your services uh two days ago i posted you know if somebody questions you about your pricing don't feel that somebody's de- degrading your services a lot of times people don't understand why you charge as much as you do Right. And when you explain it, don't go talking about education or CEUs to a customer that really doesn't mean much. 
Uh, talk about what you're going to provide them. Be a salesperson. And that's this next thing that I think is some of the best stuff that I should, I've shared in the group is how to be a salesperson. Because ultimately, when you are your front desk and you are going out on your loan alone, you have to learn how to do that. You have mm -hmm. to learn how to retain clients. Uh, it only takes 60, 50 clients on the books that are monthly guests to become uh, a sustainable practice. Only 50. You don't need that many. So you just need to make sure you convert every single one into a client. And I think ultimately, the, the last thing is always be testing. Always be testing what you can improve in your business. Every single week, I would come to my front desk and say, here's five things I want to work on this week. And then next Monday, they would tell me what was working and what wasn't working. And that's how we kept improving. We worked on different scripts. We worked on different checkout processes. And you know, small changes, one word changes in a script can be the difference between a male therapist being booked and a male therapist sitting empty. Um, mm -hmm. That's how important a single word can be. Give us some uh, usable strategies to help massage therapists become salespeople. Read up a lot of books on sales. Um, Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar was one of the most famous guys at storytelling. Um, biggest tip on sales is always make sure you have a follow-up process as well. So don't mm -hmm. ever close the door. If your client is leaving and they say they'll call you back, um, always leave an entry back to follow up. You know, say, oh, hey, if I don't hear from you, like, oh, are you, do you think you'll call me back today? Oh, no, I'll call you back next week. Oh, perfect. If I don't hear from you, I'll follow up with you. So right. a lot of times in sales, follow up is everything. People don't decide on the same day, but maybe they'll decide in a week or in two weeks. Um, if you have an excuse to say, hey, I know you mentioned to me that you were going to book your appointment in two weeks and you're not on my schedule. Did you want to go ahead and take one of my last spots before it fills up? You, you now have an excuse to talk to them. And mm -hmm. ultimately, don't be afraid to actually ask for the sale. I had uh, one of my lead estheticians. She went to 13 companies on a Groupon. Out of 13 companies, only one company actually asked, did you want to book another appointment today? Hmm. And it's be <laughs> you, you won't ever have retention if you don't ever ask for the sale. And the sales, yeah. would you like another appointment? Do you want to book in three to four weeks? I like this idea. And I love having you, know, you guys on from the States on our podcast. Because in, in Canada, massage therapy, yes, it has its service side. But you know, in most provinces, not most, but in a, a handful of provinces, it's regulated healthcare. And even in the other provinces that are not regulated, it's still, for the most part, considered healthcare. And I feel because it's in the healthcare realm that a lot of massage therapists do not feel the business side of it to be important or don't have an interest in it. And it's such a weird thing. That's why I love having you guys on because it's a whole different mindset that I wish a whole bunch of therapists up here would take on. And I say this in a lot of our business kind of topic podcasts. I feel like there's a lot of shame that comes with making money as a massage therapist in Canada because of this whole idea of it being healthcare or complementary alternative medicine. Absolutely. And I, I don't think it's just the, I don't think it's just Canada though. A lot of therapists, you know, what ends up happening is they, they see how much a, a theoretically a day spa owner is making. You know, I, I've had this discussion with my own therapist before, you know, they can't, would come to me and say, you're charging $75 an hour, but you're only paying us $20 an hour. They think I was driving home a Lamborghini because there's so much money. So they, they ultimately take this leap of faith to become their own entrepreneur, which I applaud them. It's a very hard leap of faith to take, but you have to remember it is a business and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with making a profit because if there is no profit, 
you're not going to survive yourself. And if there's no way for you to create a sustainability, so if you want to grow beyond yourself, you have to make sure that there is profit in there because there won't be any room for you to invest in yourself, for you to grow. And so profit isn't a dirty word. Everybody needs profit. It's what keeps the business alive. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I swear, I feel like it's a whole Canadian mindset. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate on that for even saying it. You know, for some reason, we just feel like we shouldn't be making money or there's shame in making money or even the way we talk about money is completely different. So trying to get a sale or do sales in, in Canada, it's different. In the States, it might even be over the top. It's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Buy my fucking shit, right? <laughs> but in north of the border, it's not even even close to being aggressive and therefore you can probably see the biggest difference. Yeah, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's one of the things It's so true. Um, the American mindset. So I come to Spain and everything is lax. Everybody's like tranquilo, relax, chill. You yeah. know, I'm like, when, when, when's the plumber going to come next week? Um, I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's leaking. The water's leaking out of my faucet. Yeah. Well, you, you're just going to have to wait. Um, and in the United States, you're right. It's a, it's a very strong mindset of go, go, go. And a lot of times that go, go, go mindset comes with that sales mentality. If we're in a circle of business owners, we should never feel ashamed to talk about our profits, our successes, or our failures. You know, we all go through this. You asked me a question at the very beginning of the segment. It was, did I feel, you know, did I ever feel I wasn't going to make it? And I told you straight up. I, I was depressed at one point because I thought I, m I might not. There's, not. there's no shame in that. You know, if you can communicate in a circle of business owners that you, everything is fine, you, every, what you, you're going through, you'll get help. Um, everybody's in the shame, same shoes as you are. They look at the profit and losses every single month or every other month like you do. Um, so there's, there's no, you shouldn't, we shouldn't hide behind this if we're in our, in our circle. I agree with you 100%. Uh, the other half of what we do, uh, two massage therapists and a microphone, is our continuing education company. It's called Conant Institute. And we have a business course. It's called Healthcare Business Entrepreneurship. And one of the biggest things we stress in that particular course is you want to grow. Because we have a whole bunch of therapists that come in and nothing's wrong with, I, I want to go to my place of employment. You know, I work as either an independent contractor or an employee or whatever the case is. The bottom line is I'm not really in too much of control of what's going on here. And they're very happy with that. But then I got to stress the idea that like, there's, there's no pension plan for us. Like, the day you stop using your hands to make your money is the day you stop making money. So at some point, you either got to start thinking bigger than you are right now, or you got to start thinking about what career shift can I have when I can't or feel like I can't treat anymore. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know that's the thing. It's, my favorite book on the subject is The E-Myth. Um, the entrepreneurial myth, uh, really great book. And it really talks about how when you go into business for yourself, ultimately you end up creating a job for yourself. And that's exactly that's right. what you've described. You, these therapists that have gone out on their own and have created a successful practice for themselves, they've ultimately, uh, have created a job for them. So now the mindset needs to shift. If you want to create something, you want to create a brand, an asset, something that produces income. And it's one of the hardest things to do if you are a practicing owner because of the fact that um, you have to do some of the work. I actually, the first company I told you about, the house cleaning company I ran, I felt that I never succeeded in it because I was actually cleaning the houses. And yep. I, was for, I was forced, it was so hard for me to scale to the next step. But yet, when I went into the massage business, 
I wasn't able to do a practice. I wasn't able to do a session. I wasn't able to do anything except do sales, marketing, and advertising. So that's where I had to maximize efficiency and grow this business because I, I couldn't do anything else. And I think that was actually one of the biggest reasons, subcon- like I didn't realize until I looked back, but um, one of the biggest reasons why I was successful uh, because I had to figure out a way to make money when I couldn't do the work. That's right. And that's one of the key things we all say. If, if you're busy in the trenches working in your business, you're not working on your business. And then that's where growth is going st- to, it's, it's going to stop, right? Our big thing is let's, let's be successful by intent, not by accident. And if you've been successful so far, solely being the everything of your business like you said you have a job all you did was create a position of self-employment not necessarily entrepreneurship and now we're looking to 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 upscale that and and bring you to a place where you know what you don't have to be in the trenches you should be spending time working on the company brand your personal brand and so on and finding ways to make growth happen absolutely absolutely once you can figure out uh, how to, and <laughs> the people who are more about the artsy side probably aren't going to like this statement, but once you figure out how to make money off of somebody else, that's when you actually own a business that is scalable. Um, mm. You will run out of resources if you are the sole practitioner. Um, it, you are not scalable. And so when you run out of your own resources, when your time comes to an end and you want to retire, you have now closed off all your resources. So the faster you can figure out how to monetize uh, a, a, another therapist, another service, another product, um, that's the fastest way to start scaling your business. Can you, since you've done it, can you give our audience a little bit of advice on how they would go about starting from scratch? They're a therapist, they're leaving wherever they're at, whether it's a massage clinic, a chiro clinic, what, a, a spa, and they want their own, they're thinking brick and mortar, and they just don't know where to begin. What, what would you throw out as some of their suggestions? Eric Brown's book, 60 for 60, I, I like it. Um, I've been watching somebody in the massage entrepreneur group utilize the method partnering up with the joint, which is a chiropractic joint. And mm-hmm. giving away gift certificates, which is a perfect clientele fit. Uh, most people are, up, are upgrading and they are uh, becoming loyal customers. Uh, next thing I would do is look at a Groupon. So these are two strategies that you can use that won't cost you any money up front, but will put butts in the table. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have to figure out how to retain. As your practice starts growing, you're hitting 30, 40, 50% reten- you know, utilization rate. Start finding new channels of marketing. You know, look at Instagram stories, look at Facebook ads, look at Google ads, look at Yelp, TripAdvisor, whatever is working in your community, find it. Once you find that channel and you have a source of new clients, cut mm-hmm. off your free sources, stick to your paid sources. You will hit a little bit of a little bit of a valley right there, but it's okay. Once you get back through that valley, now you're growing again. Look at your unused resources in your practice. Look around you. You're, you're only doing 20, 30 hours a week. If you're, if you're doing 40, you're probably pushing it. But you've rented your place for 100 hours a week. There's 10 hours in a day that are available. Seven days a week, you have 70 hours that are available. That means 40 to, 45, 40 to 50 hours a week are available for another therapist to come in and start growing your brand using what you have built on. At that point, you now can start looking at multiple therapists. Your first therapist, hire somebody that's complementary, not you, because you, you want to find, if you're looking to scale, you want to find somebody that is actually going to be with you. Now, once you have a therapist, you've scaled past best point, 
Now you start looking at maybe two rooms or four rooms if that's your desire. If it's not, you can find maybe another therapist that these two therapists work in tandem and only send you the best of the best clients creating this mini pyramid structure inside your business where you only work on the ones that are willing to pay $140 an hour and they're the top of the client list and you're now working 20 hours a week, you're happy, you're growing your business and then the therapist covered the other 60 hours which pays off all your other bills and keeps you happy as well. Right on. I so love it. Give us an idea of some of the social media stuff that you might suggest for therapists. Facebook groups. So every single Facebook has a local community. Um, I saw this happen with a hairstylist. He came in and it was like high school all over again. He picked out the three or four most popular people and he made buddy-buddy with them. And he gave them free hair services for six months or whatever it was. They loved his services so much that it was the natural law of attraction. So now the admins of the groups or the most popular people in the groups were promoting him. It's, it's like a referral on steroids in a Facebook community when you get the admin to say, check out my boy. He's amazing for hair. You got to go see him. Uh, changes the whole dynamic. Uh, Instagram, you can sh- become a thought leader on Instagram so fast. It's not even funny videos about what you're doing, how you're working your stuff, how you're stretching your clients out. You, that's a long-term play. So your branding, you want, you might not see clients right away, but you mm-hmm. keep building that base. They see what you do. If you like working on athletes and you show how you're stretching an athlete, when an athlete's on Instagram and he sees your video the first time, he might not be in pain. He sees it the second time. He might not be in pain, but come Sunday morning when he wakes up after a game or he did a CrossFit or really hard workout and your video sitting right in front of him, he's going to remember all your other videos and he's going to go, you know what? I need to call Mark. Mark's fixing, Mark is working on shoulders and that's the dude I need to call and you're an expert. It's the easiest way to establish yourself as an expert. Um, those are the two biggest communities right now, and it's very easy to grow in in them. I totally agree with you. Once you start to put out that content, that consistent content that you know is going to be of interest, it will start to build that trust, and that trust builds that loyalty, and that's when the conversions start to happen. And I love the idea of using people, whether it's the Facebook group and the group admin, or using someone on Instagram that you know has got crazy following and finding ways to reach out to those people and even if that means you might have to give something away at the beginning or 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 work at cost at the beginning just to have someone throw your name into the mix and that way it just hits home with a whole bunch of other people that is gold and i don't think a lot of people are doing that kind of stuff at least not in this type of industry well you got to remember one thing so a client that comes to you for massage one time a month is 12 months in a year. If you're charging $80 a, mo- a visit, that's $960. So for simple purposes, that's $1,000. Would you trade a massage for somebody that can consistently refer you one client a month for a $1,000 business? Remember, you only need 50, 60 clients. You get, you get a great influencer like that or a great Facebook admin like that, and they can drop you one or two referrals a month. Well, that'll pay off every day of the week. You can't think about the short term short term in this business. It's 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 a it's an hour on the table. That's twenty bucks, ten bucks. It doesn't matter. I would give away massages all the time if I felt that that was a valuable trade. Um, because the long term of people talking about me, talking about the business, 
referring friends, that's where the pyramid grows. The more people exactly. talk about you, the more, more people come in, the more your pyramid grows. Exactly. And in that type of exposure, you can't put, you can't put a price on that. So, you know, no. maybe, maybe you should be happy to give away that hour, that hour and a half, that 45 minutes or whatever it is to get that exposure that you would not be able to get on your own without dropping some serious coin into that. And then the idea of dropping coin into it, well, you know, you always, I, every time we bring this stuff up in the course in terms of, you know, spending money on something, I always see the look on people's faces. It's like, mm, how much is that going to cost? How much is that going to cost? And I'm like, you guys got to change your mindset on this. Forget how much it costs right now. Let's think of how much is this going to help you make? Oh, absolutely. That's what I want people, you to think. people would look at me and tell me I'm crazy. My monthly bill for Google AdWords was three and a half thousand dollars. I would spend three and a half thousand dollars to Google. I would write a check every single month. Here's three and a half grand. Here's three and a half grand. But I got 200 new clients every single month that would spend $22,000. If I had more rooms, I would have given $5,000. I would have given them $10,000. I didn't have the rooms or the staff to do it. So I ran out of resources. But as long as you're pumping money in, then, and you have the ROI, and look at the ROI for a 12 month period, not a one, one day period. Yep. Then it becomes a no, it becomes a no brainer, which is why actually I love Groupon. You have somebody, even if you reach, if you trade five massages for one client, you've traded five hours of your time, so three hundred dollars. But if one client comes back to you for twelve times, you traded three hundred dollars for a, of your time. So you didn't actually trade money for this. You traded three hundred dollars worth of your time for a thousand dollar client. You made three times back for that work. I love the mindset. I can talk about this shit all fucking day long, you know. And I just, I really just wish more, more massage therapists would kind of get on board with this idea. But you know, not everyone is of the uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Not everyone is of. I need to grow. You know, working with patients or clients one on one with my hands is not enough. Not everyone's like that, and that's absolutely fine. But there's a whole handful of people that just want more, and I can't stand the idea that they get into it and five years in they're like they can't make it work simply because they don't know what to do and that's yeah. why i like i like uh, doing these podcasts that way our audience can get in touch with guys like you and give them some guidance and if anybody in listening to this podcast wants to find me you can schedule go ahead and schedule a 30 minute call off my website and boost my spa even if you don't sign up for the front desk we can talk about your business this stuff is for me fun. I I love I love the industry. I love optimizing things in this business in this industry. So if you're feeling you're in a rut and you just want to talk to somebody, feel free. I'm here to help out. Right on, right on, man. Anything else you want to wrap on today? Nah, it's been fun. I uh, the business side of things is it's really it's it's challenging, especially for somebody who comes into a practice and they're they're the practitioner. So. For me, discussions on business, like you said, it's, they're the best things to talk about. Um, yeah. It's what I enjoy the most. <laughs> right on. One time, man, I'm going to try to get all you guys together, all my favorites. I got you. I got Kitsman, Scott Linquist. I love that dude. He's like the rebooking guy. Uh, yes. Rebecca Overson. Yes. One time, I'm just going to do a business roundtable with you all. That'll be awesome. We'll, we'll have to figure out. We'll, we'll have to all just imagine all of us sitting on one roundtable building one business. That thing yeah, would be huge. Maybe maybe we should all get in talks because that, that might be something we should all get in on. Right on, man. Cool deal. So it's, it's been good, brother. It's been good. Thanks for hanging out this afternoon. What time is it there just out of curiosity? What's the time difference? 11. Gotcha, it's not gotcha. bad, though. So I, I, we provide services for the United States. So we work yeah. the U.S. hours. And Spain is actually really an hour behind what time it should be. So it really should be an hour earlier. 
Um, <laughs> and, and so the Spanish culture, like restaurants don't even open till nine o'clock at night here. Um, it's the weirdest thing in the world. They, the grocery stores don't open till 9 a.m. and the restaurants don't open till 9 p.m. Was, was this a, a major adjustment for you, the move? Or were Kinda, you like yeah. so open and ready for it? You're like, bring it on. Or were you just like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, there were days that, you know, it was overwhelming. I, what ultimately happened is, is I looked at the cost of a house rental too in the U.S. and I saw what I could rent here in Spain for essentially a standard and same thing for Toronto. Um, you know, it's an expensive city to live in. And when you look at the cost of what you can do in Spain, as long mm-hmm. as you have a outside revenue income, it, it's it's unbelievable. The cost of living here is so cheap. So you, you'd recommend this for somebody? As long as as long as you have a way to make income from the United States and look look at Spain, um, it's it's really like you can live on probably fourteen hundred dollars a month out here. Um, maybe sixteen hundred dollars. You can live normally. Um, yeah. You start making you start making sixty, eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year, and you can you can have a nice nice lifestyle out here. Nice, nice man. Might have to might have to look into this. Might be your neighbor. <laughs> Sounds good. The house in front of me is for rent. That one's completely oceanfront. So um, I'll send you the link. Right on, man. I'm going to check that out. Cool. Well, it's been great having you on. I'll definitely have to get you back on and we can wrap some more. It's been fun, brother. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.